It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. The Guardian. Last week, you may have heard about the Joint Committee on Vaccines and Immunization recommending that a third jab be offered to people with weakened immune systems. So, someone with HIV or leukemia or taking medication to suppress their immune system. This is different to a booster jab, which you have also probably heard about. That, according to some reports, is expected to be rolled out this autumn, with a decision from the JCVI expected later today, Thursday the 9th of September. But is a third jab the same as a vaccine booster? And why are they both being spoken about now? It's coincidence that these two things have cropped up at the same time. The booster debate has cropped up because it is now nine months since some people were immunised and we're going into winter. The third dose for the immunocompromised has cropped up coincidentally at the same time because the data has emerged from the research studies looking at how well they responded to their first two doses of vaccine. From The Guardian, I'm Shivani Dave, and this is Science Weekly. The distinction between a third jab and a booster jab can feel a bit confusing, and it's important to note that they are parts of different programmes. To help explain the difference between the two programmes, I spoke to Professor of Immunology and Infectious Disease at the University of Edinburgh, Eleanor Riley, earlier this week. What's happened is that we've now had time to study the immune response of those immunocompromised individuals. Um, And those studies have revealed that their initial two-dose vaccination schedule was insufficient. So it's not that their vaccinations, that their immunizations have waned. For a booster, we'd be saying that you were fully immunized the first time around and that immunity has waned and needs to be boosted. But for the people who are immunosuppressed, they were not fully immunized the first time around because two doses weren't sufficient. So their third dose is a is part of their initial immunisation process. The Joint Committee on Vaccination and Immunisation, also known as the JCVI, hasn't yet made their final decision on how they're going to be advising the government on COVID 
third jabs. Does it mean that people who received their first and second vaccines either late last year or early this year have got COVID immunity that is waning already? So not as far as we know. So there are many complications to this. So the people who got their vaccinations very early were deemed the most vulnerable in our community. Um, And in addition to being vulnerable to COVID, many of those groups are also... um, tend to have less good immune responses. So the people, people over the age of 80, people with immunosuppressive disorders, people with uh, chronic diseases such as diabetes, we know that they will have responded not quite as well to their initial vaccinations as the rest of the population. So far, this doesn't seem to be um, um, translating into loss of functional immunity, for example, immunity to severe disease. Um, but those people are at high risk. They were always at high risk. And comparatively, even after vaccination, they remain at high risk. And so if there's going to be a gradual rollout of a booster, it's very, very likely that the uh, that the guidance will be to start with the people who had their vaccines in December and January. The third jab that is being offered to the people who are immunosuppressed has not been tweaked to protect them against the Delta variant. Does that mean that it's not going to protect them against that specific variant? So no better than their original vaccinations, I think, is the point. It will boost their antibodies. And there is some evidence that the higher your antibodies, the better you perform against the Delta variant. But uh, personally speaking, I would be much more enthusiastic about a booster programme if the boosters were specifically designed to tackle the Delta variant. And as far as I know, that is not the case. Well, the health secretary has said that the NHS will, will contact people as soon as possible to discuss sort of the needs and arrangement for a third dose, you know, where where it's decided that, that that needs to be offered. Nicola Davis is The Guardian's science correspondent and has been following this story closely. I spoke to her earlier this week. And, and in terms of the jabs that will be used, I mean, most of the information that JCBI have been working with has been looking at um, mRNA vaccines. So that will be the Pfizer-BioNTech jab, which has been widely used, and the Moderna jabs, which came on a little bit later, um, so, so the JCVI is recommending that uh, those uh, who are given a third jab, so those aged 12 to 17 who need a third jab, so these are younger people with weakened immune systems, they should have the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine for their third jab. And those who are, um, so adults, so 18 and over, they'll um, receive the, the same or, or the um, Moderna vaccine. So will the third jab affect the rollout of the government's unconfirmed booster programme? Well, so the JCVI hasn't yet released plans for um, the booster programme, the UK's uh, booster programme. So that's, you know, another jab for for healthy adults, essentially. Um, And these will be folks who have generally mounted a good immune response to the first two jabs. So so that has yet to be announced. Um, Certainly, you know, the Health Secretary has said that they're expecting a booster programme to begin this month. um, And the NHS has been sort of gearing up for that. But we don't yet know what advice the GACVI will give about who exactly. Will that be everybody? Will that be just, you know, the older population or, you know, older population plus healthcare workers? So we've yet to kind of hear exactly who might get a booster. Part of the reason for this uncertainty, according to Ellen O'Reilly, is at the time of recording, 
a lack of clear evidence. There's really no evidence yet that giving people boosters is going to substantially alter the number of people ending up in hospital with COVID. So in terms of what's best for the NHS over the winter, making sure that everybody who's eligible to get a vaccine has it is number one. And probably number two is making sure that all of the rest of us who are eligible get a flu vaccine, because that will have a big impact on hospital admissions as well. So I think JCVI are trying to weigh up these kind of things. What's the best for the population? And who are the individuals who would really benefit for a booster? Because giving boosters to lots of people who don't need them really is a waste of resources. It's a waste of vaccine. It's a waste of the time of the people going to get their booster. It's a waste of all the resources of the NHS in delivering that programme. And as we know, the NHS is under huge pressure at the moment. So we've heard that there's still a lot of uncertainty when it comes to boosters. Nicola, how much of this is down to the big gaps in our knowledge when it comes to vaccines, immunity and covid One thing here that's being looked at very carefully is the degree to which immunity from vaccination wanes over time. Um, So we know that no vaccine is 100% protective in the first place. And then, you know, there is this um, evidence now accruing that there seems to be some decline in immunity over time, by which what we mean there is that the body's immune response to the same um, virus, it seems to uh, sort of drop off over time. But there are lots of questions in there. So a lot of that work has been done on antibodies and antibodies aren't the only tool in the body's immune system. So there are also important other components like T cells and memory B cells that that can tend to produce sort of a longer lasting response. Uh, we don't really know yet for sure what levels are needed to ensure there is protection. So, you know, it might be that yes, you get some decline, but to what extent does that then leave you Uh, open to problems. So there are all sorts of factors swimming around in there, which make it quite difficult to be sure exactly what's happening and how much of that is down to waning immunity, how much of that is down to new variants, how much of that is down to demographic. And that that is unclear. And that is what our big focus is on. These are the questions that the scientists and the uh, advisors will all be looking at and trying to unpick, okay, what does the data really tell us? How much of that is down to immunity? And that matters because it will help to tell you how useful a booster shot will be. Thanks to both The Guardian's Nicola Davis and Professor Eleanor Riley from the University of Edinburgh. That's it for this episode of Science Weekly. The latest from The Guardian on vaccines is available on the podcast's webpage. If you've got any thoughts, feedback or episode ideas, please drop us a message at scienceweekly@theguardian.com. We'll be back next week. See you then. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com forward slash podcasts. Looking for your next great podcast? We live in unprecedented times. To make sense of it, what if you could learn from some of the most influential people on the planet? The podcast Tools and Weapons is hosted by Microsoft's Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Every week he has a candid conversation with guests, including Prime Ministers and Pulitzer Prize-winning journalists. 
The latest episode features Bayer CEO Bill Anderson. Though most of us know Bayer for pharmaceuticals, they're also focused on crop science. They're putting digital tools in the hands of farmers to get the most out of every acre. Listen to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Lexus. Some things do more than their stated functions because exceptional things inspire you to do exceptional things. To this select list, we add the all-new Lexus GX. With its exceptional capability, you'll see possibilities you never knew existed, sending you far outside your comfort zone. But as much as the GX challenges you, it also spoils you. Its intuitive technology and luxurious features mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. Live up to it. The all-new Lexus GX. 